You're listening to the Honeypot Chats, a podcast about cybersecurity with your hosts, Brenda and Tambi. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Honeypot Chats. Today, we're interviewing Jacqueline Hansen-Cote. Unfortunately, Tambi's not here today. Uh, she had other things that she had to do, but I would try and keep the fort for both of us. Jacqueline has experience in cybersecurity in terms of cybersecurity, governance, risk and compliance. And I'll just ask Jacqueline if she can give us an introduction of who she is and how she actually found herself in this industry in terms of cybersecurity. So hello, Jacqueline, and welcome to Honeypods. Thank you for taking the opportunity to do this. Uh, we really appreciate it and we look forward to getting to know a little bit more about you. Can you please just give us an introduction of who Jacqueline is? How did you get into the cybersecurity industry? Um, thank you, Brenda. Um, really honored to, do, to be doing this. Um, I think what you're doing is admirable. So um, yes, I'm, I'm rooting for you and I'm, I'm on your side, you and Tembi. So Jacqueline is, I'm a believer. Um, some people will call me determined and tenacious. Um, but I think more importantly, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a sister, I'm a friend. Um, I like to call myself a boss lady. Yes, we like boss ladies. <laughs> I'm an avid reader, um, an annoying one, because when, when I, once I get a good book and I get into it, um, it's goodbye. I, I, I won't mind you or do anything useful till I finish that book. Oh, I'm a lover of dogs. Uh, I love popcorn. I love TV. I love good TV, actually. So Netflix is really down my alley. Okay. I love shoes. The higher the heels, the better. <laughs> Any specifics? <laughs> oh, no, that'll be given away too. <laughs> and then, yes. <laughs> and then, obviously, I, um, if I love shoes, I love shopping. Oh, yeah. I love music. Uh, we got a very good music education, introduction to music for my dad. So uh, we are all music heads, very eclectic taste all over. But yes, oh, I think in a nutshell, that's about me. Um, some of my friends say I'm dependable and reliable. I don't know about all that, but hey. Um, one thing I can say about myself is I'm a very determined, tenacious person. Um, if I decide to sink my teeth into something, oh, that it's over. I, I will pursue it and I will get it done. Well, that's good. Um, that's a good quality. Oh, well, I, I guess so. <laughs> it gets the job done. So currently, the role I'm in is a senior manager for enterprise security, enterprise information security and governance in MTN Ghana. The role okay. I've had for 15 years. In MTN, we don't have CISOs, but we oh, have least, okay. which is a lead information security officer. So I'm basically the LISO for MTN Ghana. Um, by way of certifications, I've got the CGIT, that's the IT governance certification from ISACA. Okay. Um, ISO 27001 implementer, okay. um, COVID foundation and implementer. I'm a GRC practitioner as well. And I'm a CCO, which is Certified Compliance Officer. Okay. Um, you notice that my certification sort of lean towards um, the GRC more than information security. Um, I, I'm sure that story will come out, come out as we, we go through this podcast. All right. No, awesome. Definitely look forward to it. Why did you enter the cybersecurity industry? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Brenda, I sort of fell into it, to be honest with you. Um, so I did my first degree in banking and finance. I did my second degree in finance and information management. Okay. Um, I had no plans to, to enter this organization, but then you find yourself 2001, 2002, 
information security is beginning to be a big thing. Yeah. We're on all these scandals, all these compliance about Oxley and everything is out, is, is out there. And I, I found myself in the area of IRM and external audits. So as you know, we performed the external audit, um, the technical audits in um, the financial audits. Okay. It was really rewarding. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being a, an auditor. And um, through that, I kept to fall into cybersecurity or information security as um, I started with. Okay. And um, I've been there ever since. It's been, it's been a very good journey. It's been um, a bit of a steep learning curve, but it's been an enjoyable journey. Um, I get people saying, oh, my God, you're still here. You're still in the same um, sort of um, position or role in the same company for so long. But it, it doesn't feel like it's been 15 years. It feels like it's been just yesterday because this is such a dynamic industry. It's changed so much. It's evolved so much. Yeah. Um, we're seeing, we've seen transformation like never before. Um, so t- to be honest with you, you never know what's around the corner. You never know what's coming. And I, I've, I've en- enjoyed myself here immensely, to be honest with you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I kind of also fell into it by accident, but that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. And with the terms of it being dynamic, I mean, just look at how COVID even changed everything else. You I know, know right? yes. it's just crazy. So, okay. So you say you're in GRC, which is governance, risk and compliance. And these three areas play quite a, a good, a big part in cybersecurity. How yeah. would you, how do you apply yourself in terms of the work that you do and in terms of the certifications that you have to your job? Right. So um, I think GRC, as we know, is a combined approach towards governance, risk and compliance. And obviously it's aided by um, information technology. So when you combine these three factors to the change in business dynamics and um, in technology, um, you require these three factors to be in sync. You require your compliance, your governance, your risk to be in sync. And I, I think every compliance and governance issue directly increases or affects your risk. So um, organizations, I think, have therefore started um, progressing in the same direction. It just makes sense for them to progress in the same direction and be in sync. So information security is also obviously an important part in organizations now with all the new regulations that are coming up. And organizations are obviously required to have a framework to keep their own and their their client data secure. So GRC... It plays an important role, a very broad role there um, in, terms of, in terms of keeping with the regulations and ensuring the security of your data or the CIA, which is confidentiality, integrity, and availability of your own data and client data secure, especially for the business I'm in, um, where we, we, we have all these subscribers, um, both on the, the voice and the data side and also on the mobile money side. It's, it, it's a big thing to ensure security. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Tambi and I want to do an episode on mobile money. That's a big thing in Africa and the, and the risks towards that. So yeah, definitely governance risk and compliance is very important. So when we were stalking you, uh, we found out, <laughs> we found out that you advocate a lot for the imposter syndrome. You know, yes. can you please explain why this is and the changes that it presents? Okay. So, um, I think I would define imposter syndrome very loosely as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. 
you feel basically like your skills and your successes are fraudulent and oh my god soon i'm going to be found out and you know i suffered being i suffered from the, from from this for a while being in a male dominated industry and i i didn't really know it was a thing i thought it was just me <laughs> to be honest with you um so i got a coach at some point in my career and okay. they recommended um Sheryl Sandberg's lean in and that's why yeah. I said, oh, yeah. a thing, you know um so it was good i said okay Jackie you are not going mad it's actually a thing and you need to sort of stand up and fight 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 it because it's really draining and it can really cripple you yeah. um i think it 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 can put a cap on you you see um so it's something that you have to acknowledge and face take on um squarely in the face and and combat it i think it's very common more common in women and very common for us as women to question ourselves and um compare our technical abilities to men especially in the business in which we find ourselves on the places where we find ourselves yeah. um but i think you always have to me- remember that this this is a feeling it's not a fact okay um focus on your facts focus on the facts that apply to you your accomplishments the support you have um the good things you have done you know focus on who you are um you need to have a whole little talk you give yourself when you get in your head um like that and say listen i'm comfortable with who i am i know who i am what i am um and um break yourself out of that you know no one was born an expert and i, I yeah. think uh, if you give into imposter um syndrome it would instill self doubt low self esteem um it will impede your career growth you're always trying to hide in the uh, background not trying to be seen because you think your opinions are not good enough you go to meetings and you say something and somebody says something else and you think oh my god why why didn't why don't i think like that why didn't i say that what's wrong with me you know i think it restricts your innovation and your risk taking as well and to a, to a, to an extent it would affect your mental health it would create stress and anxiety for you as well So I I think it's something you need to confront if you're facing it. Yeah. Uh, look it squarely in the face and say okay this is what you are give it its name and then you start to put the structures in place in your life to combat it. So like I said separate the feelings from from the facts. Stop trying striving to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Nobody was born an expert. Okay? And you should welcome positive feedback and also take on the praise based yeah. on it. and then uh, move on don't fix it, fixate on any negative feedback you get i mean take the good from it and use it use it as a stepping stone or a building block and move on up um attribute success tr- um, truthfully i heard somewhere that um men attribute success to themselves and women attribute mostly uh, this is mostly so men mostly yeah. attribute success to themselves and women mostly attribute success to external factors and i mean how I mean we put in the work we did all that remember we are doing all this um and most often we have um home issues to deal with as in you yeah. have a children you have children you have a husband you have a home to run and it's not easy um I can tell you that for a fact so I think um we need to start um having a positive outlook of our achievements and our successes um one thing I also advocate is forgive mistakes I mean mistakes happen Yeah. You need very early on sort out your relationship with failure. Um know that um you choose to see the bad in failure because um I think 
you either win or you learn. Um, it depends on how you're looking at failure, through what lens you're looking um, at failure from. So sort out your rela- your relationship with failure, forgive mistakes, and, and move on. Don't, don't get stuck at that place. Yeah, I think I changing your internal script as well and your underlying beliefs would also help, uh, would also help as well. I mean, just knowing who you are, um, having a balanced view of your strength and accomplishment. I think all, these are all some of the little things that can help you get out of your head and fight imposter syndrome and challenge it and sort of um, be at the top of the game and be the best that you can. Yeah, I, I, I tend to find that uh, a lot of us, and I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll include myself in there sometimes, we, we do suffer from this whole imposter syndrome and we suffer from getting credit. It's like, oh, no, we did it as a team. And then a man will come and say, no, I did it, you know, so we need to, we need to start getting to that point where we're comfortable enough to, to be assertive enough to say that, you know, we, we did this and, um, and I did this. So I, I totally agree with you. Before I ask you to walk us through your typical day, since it's in connection with imposter syndrome, you've got this bold uh, vision to mold um, self-confident, self-assured females. Uh, What steps have you done to accomplish that? Um, I have been on uh, a mentorship partnership, I'll say, with one of the universities in Ghana. Okay. um, One of the mentors, year in, year out, um, I offer my services to mentor um, some of the undergraduates. It's been very rewarding, very interesting. Um, I also, with the same university, um, try and take on students in the summer who, who do do a job shadowing. So probably okay. like a week or two, um, come in and shadow me to see what I do in my day-to-day um, with um, the idea that they'll learn something or pick something. Obviously, they have the opportunity to ask questions, not just from, from me, but from my team as well, and see how corporate works before they get into it. Um, it's, it's something that's quite dear to my heart, Brenda, yeah. because um, I, I didn't have these opportunities um, when I was in university. Yeah. And I, I wish I, I did. I, I think my, my part would have been slightly more clearer if I had some of the opportunities that um, these young people have today. I also wish I had the necessary guidance when I was um, in university. Um, now, if you hear me in my talks, in my woman in technology panels, I always say, listen, always make sure that you have a plan. Um, it might not pan out exactly how you want it to, but at least you have something you are following. And if that doesn't work out, something better comes along the way. But if you're just walking around aimlessly, oh, I'm doing this degree because I can. Um, I'm going to do this job because I can. I'm, I'm, I'm in this job because I can't get anything else to do. Um, then you're just sort of settling for anything that's coming your way. The experiences you get from there, yes, they're good. They're unparalleled. But then I think you would make better progress in life if you have a plan and you sort of work towards achieving the goals of that plan. Okay. Yeah, totally agree with you there. Apart from that as well, um, I work with the HR in our organization to offer any internships to um, computer engineering or sort of IT students as well. Um, I have this big idea. I've I've been talking about it for a while. I actually have not made the step to go to it and and do it. Um, I just spoke about my passion for um, those who have just entered the university and offering the necessary guidance. So I would personally like to start something leveraging on my network um, to offer something like a platform like that. You know, I'm just trying to put my thoughts around and see how how would work it so we don't get more um, 
should I say offers or more requests than we can handle. So basically, I'm just basically working on a structure to put something like this together um, so that we can sort of offer our ears and advice and sort of career guidance and just general life advice to um, the younger generation and those who have just entered university in terms of how to handle it. Um, for me, I think university was such an epiphany. Um, it, it was a bit of a difficult time because, you know, you're not used to such freedom. <laughs> no, <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> on your own. And I think it's a time where if you're not suitably guided or appropriately guided, you might make some bad decisions. Yeah. So it's something that's quite dear to my heart, to be honest with you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what does Jacqueline do every day at Ooh. work? Um, do you want pre-COVID or post-COVID? <laughs> A summary of both. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure post-COVID you've got more work because of people working from home oh, and trying yes. to implement that. But um, typically, what, what, what are the areas that when you get into the office, you need to kind of, well, working from home now as well, you need to kind yeah. of make sure are, are in check and the like. Right. So... Honestly, I can't remember my pre-COVID life. I've been working for over a year. Because um, COVID, I try and log in about 7.30 and get a jump on my emails. Um, tell a lie. Sometimes I wake about four. Wow. And when I do all my stuff, I, I just try and see, listen, what emails are waiting for me? What did I miss? What, what came in at 11 p.m., 9 p.m. last night? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? Um, because of the business we're in and um, we're, I'm part of a computer security incident um, team, I, I use WhatsApp a lot. We use WhatsApp and other messaging platforms a lot. So the first thing, um, is the world still standing? Is the organization still standing? Has any SOS messages come in? And then um, I think we move on. I move on to my emails, um, check my emails for 30 minutes. And then my meeting starts normally from 8. If I can help it, I like to push meetings uh, to start from 8.30. But I, I work a lot with uh, the SA team. And obviously, you know, they are two hours ahead of us. So we, we do tend to get a bit of an early start. Um, okay. Go through the meetings. Within the meetings, there are a lot of phone calls that come as well. Um, what I try to do is first touch base with my team, uh, my the managers who are reporting to me, touch base with them, um, quick rundown of what our salient things are. I always have a to-do list before I close the next day. So I know the things I have to sort of prioritize um, in the morning when I come. So I, I always um, check my email, get into my meetings, and then do my um, start working on my to-do list where I have to send mails, where I have to do pick calls. Um, sometimes, you know, pick calls for alignment is very necessary. Not everything has to be an email. Yeah. Sometimes a um, two-minute call to seek alignment or get approval um, goes a long way. So I, I try and do all that when I have a break in my meetings. Um, and then I touch base with the larger team as well um, to see if anybody needs support from me, if anybody needs me to approve anything, if anybody needs me to look over anything, or I mean, if anybody needs general support from me. Um, while I also do this, I touch base with my boss, if there are any burning platforms I need to address for him. Um, so if it's, a, if it's a particular day and my boss is in XCOM, there's some updates I, I need to give him. I, I also try and prepare that, make sure that I'm on point with that. Um, when I look at my meetings, I also see the meetings that I am chairing and make sure that I have an agenda and I have um, my meeting points um, clearly um, put down as well. 
if I have to be making a presentation to a team, I just make sure that my presentation is is ready. I'm on point. I normally go through it to make sure that I'm on point. Um, I have all the facts and all the evidence to back up all my assertions or all the things that I'm talking about. I think um, being an auditor before I came into this makes me a very evidence-based person. I really like evidence. I, I always want to have the evidence to back up what you're saying. Yeah. I learned earlier on from one of my first bosses to ask this question, are you sure? If <laughs> <laughs> somebody asks you, um, that's normally when people are giving you feedback from the bottom. You need to ask them, are you sure? And I, I have funnily enough realized that when she asked them off, if they are 100% sure, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would um, go ahead and sort of give you the fact. If they're not, you, you realize that there's a slight pause. Yeah. Because they are pulling themselves. So yeah. um, funny enough, I've, I found that that technique really well. So um, in the presentations that I have to give, I do an are you sure of, a, of myself and make sure that I have all the necessary evidence to back what I'm talking about. Um, okay. And then... Um, I like to wind down with my one-on-one meeting. So if I have to have a one-on-one explanation um, with my te- with one member of my team, um, I like to put that towards three, four o'clock. That's if there are no recurring meetings um, in my calendar. We, we do have a lot of steer calls, a lot of um, committees that I, I sit on as well by... Um, reason of the, the role I play, um, privacy committee, governance committee, um, all these come into play. And um, we, we have quite some um, rec- frequently recurring vehicles that you're, you're needed on, that you need to sit on, that you need to sort of give a presentation to. So um, once I get those out of the way, like I said, I like to move my one-on-ones where I need clarification and understanding and wrapping up for... I leave that from like three o'clock till five. Okay. Now after five, I can say my real work starts because after five, I know I don't have any meetings and I can ponder on the emails that have been sent to my inbox. So I go through my, all my emails. I open the ones that I need. I know I need to ponder on. Um, for example, we have um, deployed a security annexure uh, in one of our contracts and uh, the, the vendor has come back with all these clauses saying, I don't have this. I don't want to comply to this. Um, for that, I think it's not um, a matter of um, penning out a quick email, but I need to sit down and consider the clauses and obviously the pros and cons of them not um, adhering to the clauses that we put in. So I leave things like that for after five and I sit down and answer all those mails. I particularly do not like to leave any mails in my inbox. So I try to touch and answer everything. Um, I try to make time in my day to listen to a podcast. Okay. Um, honey pot, I, I hope. <laughs> sometimes honey pot. I am a big um, Brian Brown um, dare, to, dare to Learn fan as well. So I, I do that as well. Um, I throw in some Joel Osteen. So it's not always work oriented. Yes. Um, that picked me up. Yeah. So I throw in some Joel Osteen as well. Um, I also, I'm a big advocate of Blinkist because I don't have as much time as I would like to. Now, all this is interspersed with my five-year-old running for a kid, <laughs> running in for a hug, running in to ask something, um, and all interspersed with people coming in, asking questions because I'm at home. So yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, there are no boundaries to, per se. There are no boundaries. You yeah. don't have to keep the day-to-day home issues as well. So yeah. yes, um, all that happens in a day. And um, I, I try to log off by about eight o'clock. Okay. And then wind down for the day. So eight o'clock, um, after all said and done, I, I grab my Kindle and I get into bed with a book. Okay. And from there, it's like the do, do not disturb sign is <laughs> Leave mommy alone. <laughs> I'm stuck in my book and um, that's what I basically do till, um, till I fall asleep. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. You know, some days are quiet and some days are just a roller coaster of activity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, I think we're thankful for all the days that we get, the quiet days and the busy days. That is true. So before we move to like some fun fact questions, the last question, the last serious question that we'll ask you about is, um, do you have any words of wisdom for a person who would like to follow your footsteps or might want to have a career in cybersecurity? What, what would you say to that person if they came to ask you? Um, I'll say just do it. Don't overthink it. Do it. Don't overthink it. You are capable. You are more able than you think you are. When you enter into it, be honest about what you know and what you don't know. Seek guidance where you need it. Ask for help. You're not a superwoman. You can't do it all. You will get overwhelmed. When you do, break it down and take it a day at a time. I think a career in cybersecurity or tech, for that matter, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. Um, Get your basics on lock, as I like to say. Um, If it's your CISP, ISSP, your SISM, don't be afraid. Um, Take that bold step and get it done. Um, If you feel, yeah, you're not the first person who failed, try again. Check out what your faults are. I mean, do a a, a thorough analysis to see where you are lacking or where you are uh, struggling. Um, Ask for help. There are so many forums that are ready to help you. There are so many resources out there. Um, So take that plunge and do it. Don't be afraid. If you give in to fear, it would limit you it'll hold you back um don't be afraid um hone your voice as well if you know public speaking is not your thing i I think you need to um get yourself on a track to sort that out get a mentor where you can get a coach where you can Uh, there's so many resources out there to help you be the best person that you can be and like i said it's a journey it's quite a long one be kind to yourself on that journey yeah that's a good Take one. advantage of the tools available to you to help you. You're not a superwoman, but it's certainly doable. I think that's that that's what that's my advice out there. That's brilliant advice. I I, I got a bit of that because I've I'm on my SISM journey. So <laughs> I'll definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we have four fun questions um to ask you. Right. What do you think your hidden talent is? That one, mm. off the top of my head, I say, I would say I don't have a hidden talent, but I do. I'm great at voice impersonations, but I can't do it off the bat. So probably if I'm talking to you and um, I want to impersonate somebody, it'll come without my thinking. Oh, okay. It's like I hear the person's voice in my head and I just start impersonating the person. It's so weird. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. <laughs> that is so cool. Okay. Um, the next one, what is the last thing you Googled before this interview? Oh, that <laughs> that's an interesting one. So um, I told you how I'm a music buff, right? So I, yeah. I just recently been into 
a song by Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Okay. And um, I had n- really never heard of Anderson Pack. I didn't know who he was. I actually Googled him. <laughs> who he was. So that's the last thing I Googled. I'll be Googling him after this call. <laughs> <laughs> Are you into music? Do you like music? I, I, I vary. Yes, I do like music. Um, I'm, I'm into a little bit of everything, really. Um, a little bit of house, a little bit of um, African, a little bit of Afrobeats, you know, R and B. Um, I like the old school R and B. I think that that oh. was that was proper music compared Talk to some to of the stuff You're that has been done. Now, no, I know, I know, I know. Um, rap, yes, but not really a, a hardcore fan. But you know, I can listen to a couple of rap songs. So yeah, I'm I'm in there somewhere. Right, right, right. Yeah. Listen to Leave the Door Open, Anderson Pack and Buddha Mouse. I, I liked it. I heard it. I was like, oh, I love the song. I, I said, I don't know who Anderson Pack is. So I, I just went to Google him. So yes, that was the last thing I Googled. <laughs> okay, awesome. What book did you read that changed your life the most? Okay, that's an easy one. I, I read in 2000 and I think one, I read Battlefield of the Mind by Joyce Mayer. Okay. I loved it. it. It just made sense to me about how your mind is, um, what is the battlefield. And you really need to sort out your thoughts about everything. And as you think of yourself, that's what you really become. So basically your thoughts shape your future and your outcomes. Um, so I think we, we, we're not really con- um, conversant or we're not really taking cognizance of the thoughts that we are thinking and we allow anything and everything to run through our mind. So um, I could be on here with you and you could say something and in my mind I could take it the wrong way and say, oh, maybe Brenda doesn't like me. Maybe yeah. Brenda this. And it's, I think I have a choice to run with those thoughts or to stop them in their tracks and say, no, listen, you're being silly. That's not what it is at all. Yeah. So yes, um, I love that book. I think it changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my life as well. Um, I haven't got it on lock, but um, it's, it's a journey that I'm on um, trying to think the the best, trying to look at and think the best of everything. Yeah, they they do yeah. say that life is is a marathon and not a sprint. So exactly. we're we're marathoning away. <laughs> if that's I a word I just created. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and our last question for you is: If you could meet any living person for dinner, who would you pick and why? Oh, that would have to be Michelle Obama. Why? Um, I I I admire her. I like the work she's doing. Listen, I I feel she faced so much criticism, opposition, whatever you want to call it, when she was in office because she was yeah. the first black woman. And yeah. um, I think I have an affinity for the first, the doing the first. I mean, you're a pioneer. It, it's not yeah. small. Thing. I mean, yeah. there's nobody who has gone ahead of you to sort of uh, was charted the course for you to follow. So you're sort of charting the course or blazing the way for other people to follow. And I, I think that's no mean feat. I, I know most people do it without even thinking, waking up every day and thinking, oh my God, I'm charting the course. I need to be careful. You're just probably living life and putting one leg in front of the other and it's happening once in a while. You say, oh my God, yes, I'm this role model and I'm doing this and I need to sort of... Um, be cognizant of what I say and how I conduct myself. But I think they're just really living their best lives. And it, it just happens to become um, a, a course for us to follow or a path for us to, to follow. So 
Um, I think I really admire her. I would love to have dinner with her. I have some questions for her. Um, she's also like a mother. You can see she's a very involved mother. Like yeah. I have girls. Um, I have. I just have questions for her. <laughs> Who knows? Your wish might come true in the future. Hey, you never I know. I have no doubt, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> I would send you a mail to say, look at, look at us. I'll take a selfie. <laughs> send you a, a, an email to say, Brenda, look at me. I'm, I'm having dinner with Michelle. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so yeah, no, we've come to the end. I feel we can talk for forever. Um, but thank you so much. We really appreciate um, you supporting us and you coming on to our, our podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be calling it uh, bye for now, guys. Thank you so much, Brenda. I've enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Thank Keep you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Honeypot Chats with Brenda and Tambi. Join us next time 